were away in Italy this weekend, taking the, the podcast to another part of Europe, and we're all a bit fragile, all a bit tired, so we're just going to bash it a quick one. <laughs> bash it a quick one. That is getting an edit you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro, mate. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of The Referees a Tanker. Um, I'm joined on the line tonight by Mr. Michael Berthin and Mr. Martin Shanley. How are we doing, boys? Be all right? All good, mate. All, all good. good. Bit tired, but all good. Good uh, stuff. Same here. <laughs> Perfect. Right. This week, we have got a bit of a shortened podcast. Um, we'll be doing an extra bonus one on Thursday. We were away in Italy this weekend, taking the, the podcast to another part of Europe. And we're all a bit fragile, all a bit tired. So we're just going to give a recap on the football and a quick look ahead to next week's games. So looking at the results from the games this weekend, up in Scotland we had Hearts versus St Johnston finish 3-0 to Hearts, Hibs beat Livingston 4-1 at the Spaghetti Had Rangers had a comfortable 3-1 win against Kilmarnock Motherwell beat Ross County 2-0 up in Dingwall and Dundee United succumbed to a 3-1 loss against Aberdeen and on the Sunday we had Celtic beat St Mirren 5-1 any you boys want to pick any of the bones out of those games? Uh, on a personal point, you've got to start, uh, start with Hibs. It's a great result, uh, especially on that pitch against a tough team that we've struggled against before. And to go there and score four goals after being 1-0 down, that's uh, it's quite pleasing, to be honest. Very pleasing. Yeah, character, eh? yeah, yeah. Great, great, great result for Hibs, to be fair. You don't often see teams going to Livingston and scoring four. Um much as you probably would have expected Celtic to win on the Sunday against St Mirren, still think 5-1 is a really good win for Celtic. St Mirren are giving them trouble in the past uh, through in Paisley, so I thought that was a big win for Celtic. But I yeah. think um, I think the two away wins, um, other than Hibs with Motherwell beating Ross County and Aberdeen beating Dungeon United, were pretty significant um, yeah. all four teams. So, yeah, huge, huge results. Down in England on the Wednesday night, we had Arsenal beating Everton 4-0, Liverpool beating Wolves 2-0. The Saturday, seen Man City beat Newcastle 2-0 in the early kickoff. Arsenal and Bournemouth having a five-goal thriller with a 97th-minute winner for Arsenal to make it 3-2. Villa beat Crystal Palace at home 1-0. Brighton smashed West Ham 4-0. Chelsea managed to get back to winning ways with a home win against Leeds with a 1-0 victory. Tottenham's come to a 1-0 loss against Wolves and Southampton managed to close the gap on the teams above them by beating Leicester 1-0. On the Sunday, we've seen Forrest and Everton share four goals between them in a 2-2 draw and the biggest talking point of the weekend was probably the hammering of 7-0 for Liverpool against Man United. Now, we're going to go into a bit of chat about the 7-0 game so we can leave that one out, boys. But any other results stand out for you? Um, I suppose it's uh, another test passed by Arsenal well, I didn't say Bournemouth it's a, a massive test but we were 2-0 down at home and you're expected to win about what 20 minutes to go was it 25 minutes to go and they've come back 1-3-2 so that's another big test pass for Arsenal yeah I think that's a little bit harsh to Arsenal like you said the, the, the general result at the end would have been an Arsenal win and I think a lot of folk would have picked that but like you said going down 2-0 like they've not been in a title race in any significant 
uh, matter matter for God knows how long. So I think the jitters got in. The fans probably got a little bit restless. But to show the character to not just give up the ghost, to get one, get a second, the fans are back on to get that late goal. It's a, that's a massive win. It's absolutely huge. Um, in all fairness, the other one apart from that that I thought um, was pretty significant was probably Saints. Southampton beating Leicester 1-0 down the bottom of the table just drags everyone that little bit closer together. And if you look at the league table now, it is quite narrow, eh? so... Chelsea winning, Chelsea winning as well was a big one for them. Keeping a clean sheet as well was a good one for Chelsea, but they needed that win. They did. Stop, I mean, stops the rot slightly as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. A, you look at it on paper, you'd argue to say that that squad should be that squad better than a one 0 result. But I think I don't think it buys Graham Potter much more time. I think I'll, I think a lot of people would still argue that they weren't out the door. But yeah, good win, good win. I've got to give him credit. Right, having a look at the the Premier, the Scottish Premiership table after the weekend's fixtures, we have Celtic still on top, leading by nine points. With Celtic Rangers, Hearts and Hibs all winning, they all stay in the same position. Aberdeen winning puts them up to fifth and drops St Mirren down to sixth. There's a bit of a gap between them and St Johnston, and St Johnston Motherwell have now got a bit of a gap between the bottom three. So it looks like it could be Ross County, Kilmarnock, and Dundee United who are on 24 points for County and Kilmarnock and Dundee United on 20. So it's yeah. almost looking now like a, a three-team shootout for those bottom two places so yeah. far. Yeah. But as we've seen in this league, a hell of a lot can change in the matter of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking up in England, we have Arsenal at the top, still with a five-point gap. Man United a bit behind, although they have a game in hand on the top two. Um, Liverpool are fifth and three points behind Tottenham with a game in hand after their, their recent revival, shall we say. Um, the win for Chelsea does keep them in the top ten. If they hadn't managed to beat Leeds with Villa winning, they would have dropped to 11th. But as it stands, they're not too far off a European place. But as you says, we'll see if this has been a change of their fortunes or if it's just a one-off. Down the bottom of the table, with that Southampton win, they've dragged themselves off the bottom of the table and now second bottom, although on level points with Bournemouth. Leeds and Everton are on 22, West Ham on 23 and Leicester on 24. So still very, very tight down the bottom. One or two wins could really swing this relegation battle. So it's interesting to see what happens there. So this week, we usually do our big talking points at this point. As I says, it's a shortened podcast. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Liam and Martin a few questions, get their feedback on it. So first question I want to ask you boys is, as I said earlier on, massive result for Liverpool winning 7-0 against Man United. I just want to know, just quickly boys, what do you think that result does for both teams for the rest of the season? Liam, I'll go to you first. Um, I think it maybe gives Eric Ten Hag an idea of where his squad is at against his progression plans. I mean, the result, obviously, obviously it's not a great result. You can't be going to Landfield and conceding seven. You can't. But I think he, he, in his mind, he had players that, he wanted to play a certain system. He had individuals that were in the squad currently and they were doing a job. They've obviously came up against an extremely 
extremely um, decent performance side on the day. Liverpool, not so much over the course of the season, but on the day they were clearly on song. It maybe just opens its eyes to a couple of players that maybe need to be improved. In my mind, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka at fullbacks are not the elite players that are going to get towards a league title. He might now come away from that game thinking the exact same thing. Now, I've not seen enough of the, the results because obviously you did state that we were away for the weekend. I didn't see the game live, but it does make me think that if you come out with that game with a 7-0 drubbing, he's going to be thinking, hmm, okay, I know what I need to fix. I think Liverpool, I think it gives them confidence going to the Bernabeu in the second leg. I don't think they'll overturn it, but I think it gives them a chance now to go for a run at Champions League football. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big ask to get in there, but I think Liverpool are not, they're one win behind Spurs, a Spurs team that look like they're just drifting. So I think Liverpool can get top four. And I think, mind you, he's still got top four, but I think Ten Hag just noted what he needs to do going forward. So, yeah, that's what I think, Bob. Marty? Uh, for the Man United point of view, it's a massive reality check. They were, they have, the last three months they've been doing, they've been playing superb. So, to lose 7-0 against them, as I call them, is totally unacceptable. I mean, the first for what I've before I've read the goals I've seen, the first forty three minutes, first 42, 43 minutes, it was quite an even game. Um, and well, Manu had the better chance, or a couple of good chances before then, but they conceded the goal, and then right after, in the second half is just, it's you can't even put words into how bad that is. The, the goals they conceded, every single goal, all seven of them, could have been avoided defensively, an absolute shambles. And that that has not been what's been happening with my United the last few months. They've been defending well. They've been scoring goals. They don't concede. They've not been conceding a lot of goals. And then they won a trophy last week. They beat Barcelona before. And then all of a sudden this comes out and it's it's baffling. I, I didn't get it. And and those my those my players should be should hang their heads in shame. And I hope Ten Hag put them through their paces times ten the day in training. And for Liverpool, Matt, we know you love talking about Liverpool. Oh, aye. that's my favourite subject. Um, oh, it's a massive boost for them. They'll, 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 they'll live that up for, for years to come. Eh? No many of their fans have ever seen that. I've seen a result like that before. And in terms of what it does for the for the rest of the season for them, oh, it's going to give them a massive boost. They'll, they'll be thinking top fours are more than a possibility now. They have, they have improved. They've improved the last month or so. Liverpool's results have got better, and the performances have got better. So. But that that was beyond their wildest dreams at the weekend. Um, nobody expected that. I, I had a bad feeling the whole week that United might have lost that game, but I was expecting that. Right. The next the next bit of topic, guys, is player of the season so far. Now, as I said, there's a lot of stuff can change. I've got a list of five names here for you. I just want you to give me out of these five players, who do you think has been the player of the season so far, and a quick reason as to why. So the players are Casemiro of Man United. Haaland of Man City, Odegaard of Arsenal, Rashford of Man United, or Saka of Arsenal. Uh, Marty, I'll go to you first. Um, I know who I would say, but I take it. Okay, what I'm going to I'm going to say Odegaard because Arsenal are, Arsenal are top of the league, and if you're top of the league, most of your well, all your decent, all your good players, football players are going to be. Have been playing well, 
And every time I watch Arsenal, Odegaard is he's been he's been good. He's a good player, very very good player. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Odegaard because you're top of the league. He deserves to be up there. So I, I'm gonna say Odegaard. Sean, um, that's a really tough list. Um, I'd argue that every all five on that list could stake a claim for being in the theoretical lead towards a player of the season um, trophy. But I'm going to go Rashford. Um, if you think, how many times have we spoken over the years, off air, over a pint, in the pub, or whatever we're discussing it, that he just seems to just not, he's not taking his game in the next level. Like in terms of his goal scoring, you can never bank him. I don't know what he got last year, probably like six. Something ridiculously low. If that. I think exactly. And now he's, he looks like he's out of the shadow of Ronaldo. He's got he's off the chains. He looks like he's getting at players. He looks confident. He looks hungry. But don't get me wrong. You could say Odegaard is such a young captain, leading Arsenal to a title race. Haaland, goal after goal after goal. Saka, absolutely phenomenal. Like there's, but Rashford just been Rashford's been really good. I've been really impressed with the way he's um, he's handled the new system under Ten Hag. And yeah, I think like Bob. Like to be fair, Bob, you said off air a notable mention to the boy Matoma from. From Brighton, I know he's not on our list, but it's a total left um, left field shout. Um, yeah. Really good. But I'm going to go Rashford, Bob. Happy days. Cheers, boys. Right, and as says, these are just nice quick fire ones. The last one I want to talk about is Jim Goodwin is taking the job at Dundee United when they're bottom of the table and there's quite a bit of a gap. He was also sacked by Aberdeen just a matter of just over what, a month, two months ago. My question to you guys is, do you think it's best for a manager who's just been sacked to preferably jump back on the bike as quickly as possible and just go straight back in it? Or should they be taking a bit of time out to reevaluate? Taking a, a, a job like Dundee United, who I said are bottom by a few points, is he almost in a, a, a no-lose situation where if he goes down, it's not his team and they were bad anyway? Or does he do more damage to his his already flailing reputation after the mishap at Aberdeen? What do you reckon, Mari? Dundee United took a gamble taking him, and he's took a gamble by going to Dundee United. Uh, and I, I think it works both ways. Some managers, when they lose their job, think, oh, okay, well, I've got to take a few weeks out, I'll take a few months out, I'll come back fresh, like next season or something like that. But some managers go, no, nah, I want to get right back into it again, and they're applying for jobs left, right, and centre. And I'm sure if that Dungeon United job's come up soon, so on Fox has been sacked to Jim Goodwin's on his agent. Look, I want that job. I'm interested. I want to talk to them. If they're interested in talking, I'll take it. And he's what he did. What he he's fell off the horse. He's what he get back on it straight away. And f- fair play to him for doing that. But I, I consider what I'm to him, Aberdeen. Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if he had stayed out the picture for a while. But maybe he's, he's just not that character. He wants to be back in it and get back involved again. Fair play to him, but. He's in a hell of a job there, I tell you that. Sean? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because you can see that he wants to get himself back in. He's also got the drive to be a, a manager at a top team in our country. The Dungeon United obviously aren't confident enough to give him a long-term contract. So they're basically saying, keep us up and we'll negotiate this again in the summer. He's probably got himself, he's basically got himself an audition. Basically the audition is, if I keep you up, I'm entitled to at least a conversation about extending my contract. If we have to take you down, 
then my contract was only until the summer anyway. So I don't. I think the club have been quite savvy in terms of like, look, we know there's a there's a possibility of us going down. We can't afford to take you on for an eighteen month or two and a half year contract. So let's just reevaluate this in the summer. He's got himself a free shot. If he loses his yeah. job, it wasn't expected to be kept on. If he keeps himself in, the, in a job and they stay up um, against the odds, then you know what? He may have earned himself an extra year or an extra two years. So I think it's hard because, like Marty said, sometimes managers want to come away for the game, reevaluate their methods. Are they doing things right? Am I getting the right message across? Am I need to reevaluate kind of how I position my teams up? I didn't yeah. look at myself. But he's obviously thought, nah, that Aberdeen job. He said himself that it was only a couple of bad results. Now, don't get me wrong. They were bad results. But he he was genuinely believed that what he was doing was right. So if he gets a tune at those Dungeon 8 players, like he was getting from Aberdeen players in Aberdeen at home games, they weren't doing so much on the road. But when he was getting them playing at home, they were winning games. They were scoring quite a few goals. But if he gets the same tune at Dungeon 8 and gets, makes them hard to beat, he might keep them up and that might keep, give them an extra season to obviously depend on what they can negotiate in the summer. So, yeah, it's a free shot, I think, mate. I mean, my, my one worry with it for on behalf of Dundee United would be the fact that the way Aberdeen gave in towards the end, obviously losing 6-0 to Hibs, there seemed to be no response from the players. There must have been a rallying call put out and there's no response. Now, if you're in a relegation battle and you're looking at a manager who's lost his job and he's trying to motivate you to do well and to stay in the division, whether he can get across that message and motivate the players to do what he wants to do. Right, we are now ready to go back to Europe. Let's go and jump on the next plane, boys. And <laughs> we'll head over to, I've had enough of planes, trains and automobiles. Yep. over the last few days, but let's head over to, to Spain and get a quick round-up from Shan with regards to La Liga. Perfect. So, match day 24 in La Liga started on Friday night with a 0-0 draw um, between Real Sociedad and Cadiz. Good result for Cadiz, to be fair, on the road. Other results of note were Atletico Madrid absolutely demolishing Sevilla 6-1 at the Metropolitano. Barcelona sneaked out a 1-0 victory at the new Camp against Valencia. Real Madrid fell further behind um, their rivals with a 0-0 draw away at Betis. And that leaves the table looking like Barcelona are still atop by nine points clear of their rivals at the top of the table. Atletico and Real Sociedad taking up the other Champions League places with Betis in fifth. Sevilla's hammering pushes them just outside the drop zone on goal difference only, but and that leaves Almeria, Valencia and Elche in the drop zone. Perfect. Marty, what's happening in Italy? Uh, the latest round of results started on Friday and the Napoli train is starting to slow down just a tiny little bit. Not, it's, uh, they lost at home to Lazio. Quite a surprise result there. Uh, Saturday we had... Atalanta and Udinese was a, a 0-0 draw and Fiorentina beat AC Milan 2-1 and yet another surprise result. Sunday, Inter recorded a 2-0 win against Lecce, a very comfortable 2-0 win, as we, as we all saw him. And Roma beat Juventus 1-0 uh, in the late game on Sunday night. Napoli is still 15 points clear, 13 games to go, uh, th- uh, 15 points clear of Inter. 
And the bottom three is still the same. Verona, Cremonese and Sampdoria are Sampdoria are rock bottom on 12 points. And they've only scored 11 goals as well. Uh, so that's the latest from Italy. Thanks, Marty. Sham, what's happening in Germany? Over in Germany, um, the boys at the top of the table, um, it's starting to split up a little bit. Union Berlin dropped more points this weekend with a 0-0 home draw to Cologne. But on Friday night, Dortmund did beat their kind of, not contenders for the title, but definitely top four contenders, RB Leipzig, uh, at home with a 2-1 win. Goals from Marco Royce and Emre Chan. Their obvious t- title rivals, um, Bayern Munich, went to Stuttgart and won 2-1. That leaves the table with Bayern and Dortmund both sitting on 49. Union Berlin just drifting a little bit down to 44. And RB Leipzig and Freiburg both on 42. So still quite narrow at the top, but it looks like it's going to be the two big boys pushing for the title. Yeah, it is. And a quick look ahead to this week's Champions League games. Um, on the Tuesday, we have Benfica against Club Bruges and Chelsea at home to Dortmund. On the Wednesday, we see Bayern Munich at home to PSG and AC Milan travelling to London to play Tottenham. On the Thursday night, when we do our wee bonus pod, we'll cover these games and have a look ahead to the following weeks as well. So having a look towards the games and coming up this week, on the Wednesday night, we have Scottish Premiership action with Celtic at home to Hearts, Hibs at home to Rangers and Dundee United travel to Livingston. Then on the at the weekend, we have no Scottish Premiership action as it is the Scottish Cup. On the Friday, we have Inverness at home to Kilmarnock. The Saturday sees Celtic travel to Hearts. The Sunday we see Rangers at home to Raith Rovers. And Monday night has Falkirk at home to Air United. Which one of those four ties do you think is going to be the most exciting, Marty? <laughs> uh, you've got to see Hearts and Celtic, eh? Um, if anybody's anybody left in the in the Scottish Cup is going to dent Celtic a wee bit, I'd see, I, I would actually say Hearts over Rangers, to be honest. Uh, aye, I think Hearts and Celtic are making a, a good game. I think Celtic will still win, but Hearts always make it tough for Celtic at Tynecastle. Uh, I think Celtic will, Celtic will win, but it'll not be a, it'll not be a, it'll not be a one-sided affair. I think, I think Hearts will cause a few problems, but I still think Celtic will just sneak that maybe two one something. Like that. Close I think game. I think the fact you've got the semi-finals will obviously get played at Hamden, so whatever it is, Rangers versus Celtic in the semi-final, which it won't be because they need to heat the right balls up to make sure that doesn't <laughs> happen. That's very true, but it it, it means that you lose the advantage of playing at your home ground. So Hearts getting a home game against Celtic, this could be a real chance to possibly yeah. knock them out and dent their chances of a treble. Shan, what's your game? Um, I think you've got to look at the, the Hearts-Celtic game. Um, I'm not sure quite who done the scheduling for the, the the Scottish Cup with Kelly fans expected to get up to Inverness on a Friday night. Um, but that's just appalling. But anyway, regardless of that, you've got to look at Hearts versus Celtic. Like we said last week, I'm sure we mentioned saying that this is the the game I felt like it could, this is the game I think if Celtic can hurdle this the treble's on. The treble I think the league's already sewn up. I think this is the game. I think Hearts fans know it. 
I think everyone knows this is the big game. I think Hearts make it difficult. It's tiny for Celtic always. It's feisty, it's fierce. Celtic will need to be on their game. Um, I know that Celtic actually um, host Hearts at Parkhead on Wednesday night. So whether or not Hearts put an awful lot of first-teamers maybe on the bench and maybe take a little bit easy and keep them fresh for, for the Saturday game, I'm not sure because I don't think they'll expect to get much from um, the league game on Wednesday night. So I think that the they could potentially put all their eggs in the Scottish Cup basket. Tough one, but I think that that's definitely the game the Celtic win and the treble is definitely on. Yeah. Down in England, tonight we have Brentford versus Fulham and Brentford have just taken the lead um, through Pinnock after six minutes at home to Fulham. Uh, so again, on the Thursday, we'll cover the, the end result with that one. And on the Saturday, we have Bournemouth are at home to Liverpool in the early kickoff. Everton hosts Brentford. Brighton travel to Leeds. Leicester are home to Chelsea. Spurs are at home to Nottingham Forest. And in the evening kickoff, we see Man City travel to Crystal Palace. The Sunday sees a London derby between Fulham and Arsenal. Man United hosts Southampton at Old Trafford. Aston Villa travel to West Ham and Newcastle are at home to Wolves in the slightly later kickoff. Which one of those games has taken your fancy, boys? There's a few tasty ones there. It's kind of crazy English footballs. It wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool go to Bournemouth and get beat. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. They'll go for tucking mine, tucking mine away 7 0 and then come down to Bournemouth and get beat. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. It would not surprise me. You just see that happening. You can just see it. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, not your not your better at all, Marty. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Um that 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 just wouldn't surprise me at all. It's just how crazy English football is sometimes. Shan, which game's sticking out for you? Um I think maybe not barnstorming games, but I think that Everton have got a right chance to get points, even a point. I mean, you know, home to Brentford, you'd expect to try and get three, but I think they should be grateful for whatever they get just now. I think a point at home to Brentford wouldn't be the worst result. I think Leeds at home to Brighton. Brighton are so good, but Leeds need to start finding a way to make it difficult for folk to go to Ellen Road and get three. So I think that's huge. I think Everton and Leeds at home um, against Brentford and Brighton, respectively, are big games. And I think, again, like we said about Arsenal, um, keep finding challenges to hurdle. They've had a a difficult run of games, but they're just just getting through them. I think Fulham away on the Sunday is not going to be easy. Um, and with uh, Man City going to Palace, if they don't pick up points, it could be a chance for Arsenal to um, to extend their gap. If City do pick up three, then the pressure is obviously on Arsenal to go and do the same on the Sunday for the early game. Eh? So, yeah, a couple of decent games, Bob. I think the, the bottom of the table is going to be more interesting uh, with Everton and Leeds both playing at home. Eh? So, Who's Arsenal playing? Just I forgot. I didn't away, mention it. Away to Fulham. Away to Fulham. Okay. I think the the other big one that steps out stands out for me is West Ham against Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa found a bit of form. Yep. West Ham also taking a battering last weekend away to Brighton. You'd really wonder whether Moyes has got much left in the tank if they were to lose that. And as you said, Shan, if the, the Everton and Leeds games, if they look like they're going to pick up points or the other teams around the bottom look like they could pick up points, it could be could be Curtin's time if, if results go the wrong way. Yeah, big time. I think if they both pick up 
Um, if they both get points, then West Ham might drop into the... Maybe not into the bottom three. I think it would be a stay out on goal difference by the looks of it. But still, like you said, even Declan Rice coming out with a, a comment about um, the fans or pundits and experts should be... Um, they should be playing if they think they know better. I think they're just a wee bit of turmoil. I don't know if Moises is going to steer them out of this one or not, but it's a big game. Big game. That'll certainly interest them, won't it? As usual, guys, towards the end of the pod, we always do our performance of the week. Uh, I'm going to go to to Marty first. Try try not to pick the Liverpool game, mate. That's the easy one. But uh, who's your performance of the week? Uh, I wouldn't have picked Liverpool anyway. I would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him enough credit already. Um, my performance of the week is pretty obvious for me. I'm going to say Hibs. Um, to go to Livingston again on that pitch and score four goals after being behind. Just repeat myself earlier on, but quite happy to do that. And to win four one, brilliant. And the Habs have Habs since the Derby at New Year they've been been really good and it's very pleasing. So that's my performance of the week is Habs. Shan, you usually go a bit left field. Who've we got this week? Um I normally do go a bit left field. Um obviously Arsenal's late win would be uh uh an obvious candidate for at least comeback of the week. Um but I'm gonna go Southampton. Um I feel like that win over Leicester Leicester aren't even really that far ahead of them in the league, if you think about the the standings. But that's just a it's a big win for even just belief that they can get themselves out of this. If they lost that one, I feel like it, they would start to lose hope. But that was a big win. Even if it was narrow, it was mucky, it was a 1-0, it doesn't matter. It's just got them the three points that they need. And yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to West, uh, Southampton above. Southampton, nice. I don't know who to give it to this week. Um, I think I'm going to go for Brighton and go mm. for the the 4-0 win against West Ham. I think West Ham had uh, a wee, looked like they had a wee maybe upturn in their, their fortunes with the result last weekend and I thought they might start kicking on, go to Brighton with a bit of uh, momentum within them. And I think for, for Brighton to beat them 4-0 was uh, a great result. And again, just goes to show how good Brighton have been this season and continue to progress under the new manager. Even Fantastic. After. So, so good, eh? Yeah. Even Don't after Potter left, they've just totally kicked on with the new manager. They're keeping it going. Looking good. Right, guys. Well, we'll call the pod there. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, and Thanks. I'll speak to you on Thursday for a wee bit of bonus pod action. Perfect, guys. Have a great night. No worries. Take care, boys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.